Welcome everybody to another Haven of Horror. I'm Subject 879, back with Doolittle. Uh, always good talking to you about some horror films. Yep. Today we're talking a little bit of a Christmas theme, uh, Anna and the Apocalypse, uh, which I believe I showed you, or had you seen this before? No, you, you showed me, uh, I think we had like a little like watch party with our friends. Uh, we're watching Anna and the Apocalypse, I think something else, but uh i was exposed to this movie from from you um last year okay and i gotta yeah. give a shout out to my to a mutual friend of ours bag studios uh he's the one who recommended this to me originally one of the yep. few things that we agree on uh so if anybody is unfamiliar about this uh with this it is a zombie christmas musical um obviously the main character's name is anna and she goes to high school in scotland with her friends and a zombie outbreak of uh happens and there's music. Uh yes. That's about as general as I can get without spoilers, but we will be going into spoilers here in a little bit. So Doolittle, you are a musical guy, so I'm gonna let you go first here with some of the stuff you really like about this. Yeah, so I think I think the first thing I can kind of say is the choreography and the composition is pretty good. Um, I am not generally a fan of musicals that have a, uh, how do I put it? That that kind of appeal to like mainstream music sensibilities. I kind of really like it more when Broadway musicals, uh, appeal to themselves and, and they kind of take from, and they're reverential to their form, but with that said, I think that some musicals have done a really good job with that. I think Rent's really good with that. I think Spring Awakening is masterful at that um, because, you know, Spring Awakening is taking that, you know, the alternative rock uh, kind of, you know, sound and applying it to a really angsty time. I think that Anna and the Apocalypse does that pretty well, especially because Anna's arc is very much a, you know, she's kind of at a crossroads and you know, she's kind of, um, you know, like, like there's a lot kind of writing on some stuff. Like she's, she, you know, she wants to travel, you know, and take a break, you know, have like a, like a gap year, I think, uh, between like college and, and high school <clears throat> or uni as they call it. And, you know, I feel like the zombie apocalypse illustrates that, but I think using the musical form uh, as well as the zombie apocalypse, because this is kind of a horrible word to use of art, but I think that, you know, musicals are a very efficient way of going about stories. You know, you, you get a lot done by having someone sing about their struggles instead of just having them explain it through words in a lot of ways, because music in general is an appeal to, like, emotions. It's very pure in that way. So I think that that is definitely kind of... I, I just really appreciate how this this film uses its, its form uh, to articulate its uh, themes and ideas. I agree completely. And I think what works with this is, it, I think if you remove all of the music, you would still get a good coming-of-age story. Sure, yeah. Um, and they also, it's it's multiple genres. So, like, if you're not feeling one song, you might like the next song. Um, yeah, that's fair. And I think it's the strong point is the songs. Uh, I like most of the songs here, at least the full length ones. There's a couple like shorter ones, and I'm like, I feel like you could have cut that. <laughs> yeah, sure, that's understandable. Um, with, oh, you go ahead. 
Oh, no, go ahead. I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, um, so I was just going to say also, the other thing, the other thing about like kind of musicals is that like they should probably they should kind of start as from like a concept album place where like, you know, you could probably tell your entire story through the music, you know, like the music is a very critical part of the the of, of the piece. And I think this does that really well, too. Um, I think that like, but it's it is interesting that you bring up that point that you probably could cut out all the music or that it could function as a coming of age story. I think it kind of goes both ways. You know what I mean? Or like, if you take away the music, it can function. If you just have the music by itself, it functions. So it's pretty cool that it's like one of the more rare times where I can say that that actually can happen. So that's cool. Yeah. I, I think I agree with that. Um, yeah. And the other thing I think that really makes this work is the characters because the first time yeah. I watched this, I did like the music, but what really drew me was the characters, especially Anna and John. Oh, um, for sure. And I think John's become my favorite character in this film. Um, He's very sympathetic, yeah. In a way, I feel really bad for him. Oh, yes. It's very sad <laughs> what happens to him in this movie. <laughs> um, and I also appreciate that it doesn't it doesn't take the easy way out with the with unrequited uh, that not returned feelings um because i feel like in a lesser movie that would have been really obnoxious but in here it's just like she shuts him down yeah i i think that they did a really good job being mature about that you know with the whole unrequited love thing Mm -hmm. um i think that you know i liked their conversation about it and i liked kind of his attitude about it too that he was like you know obviously bummed about it but like you know as it was kind of accepted it you know. Yeah, and it's really interesting because right before I paused, I paused another movie to watch this one just as a refresher uh, called Better Watch Out, which we were going to do tonight, but I forgot about it. Um, But it's the opposite of that, but that's also the point of the movie uh, where this, like, 13-year-old kid can't, like, accept that his babysitter will not love him because he's 13. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he stages a home invasion to scare her and then ends up, like, kidnapping and, like, torturing her mentally (laughs) so it was interesting like parallel to this movie right um and i love that john's final moments are at even though he's been rejected protecting anna yeah no i I mean because at the end of the day they're very good friends you know like they've grown up with each other they really respect each other on that fundamental level that you know, he he doesn't, which is a really good parallel to Nick in the movie, because mm-hmm. uh, Nick Nick is just a kind kind of a like a, you know, he's like just a really obnoxious kind of person who you know had this like one night stand with Anna, um, and you know is trying to, you know, still kind of charm her in in his own obnoxious ways. You know, uh, you know Nick would not be like that with with Anna like like John clearly is is still friends with her and, and values her on that level which which I thought was really telling of the character. He yeah. doesn't have a good handle on that stuff which is cool. Uh the last thing I do want to say about them before we move on to to Nick cuz I think he's also interesting in a different way oh, is sure, I just want yeah. to give kudos to Ella Hunt and Malcolm Cumming uh who both play who play Anna and John respectively their chemistry in this is fantastic. Yeah. Um, every scene with them together manages to make me smile at least a little bit. Well, other than the final scene, but you know, 
<laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. I think that um, Ella Hunt uh, in particular is an excellent, uh, um, you know, she, she she's really good in this movie and, and I'm not sure if she's in anything else, but I'm going to be on the lookout for her because she seems very talented and knows what's, what's up. So she's in another movie about music, but it's not like a full on musical called Cat in the Band, which is okay. Oh, okay. uh, and then she is currently on that Apple TV show Dickinson, uh, where she plays the love interest of the actress that plays Kate Bishop. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Haley Steinfeld um, is, is in that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I do want to check that out at some point. It's not horror, but I'd be interested just based on that cast, because uh, those are both tremendous actresses. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, So, like we mentioned with Nick, he he's kind of a douchebag. But I appreciate yeah. as the movie goes on, we kind of peel back some of those layers. And I think, well, at the end of the day, he's still not a good guy. It's more complicated than that, at least a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, you, know you find out a lot of stuff about like him and, and his kind of insecurities and his background. and It definitely adds a lot of nuance and kind of perspective of that character. It doesn't mean that you can you have to sympathize with them. It just means that they're being conscious about where all that's coming from. You know, mm-hmm. again, they're, they're just really good at like crafting well-defined characters in this movie. It's pretty good. Yeah. And they're all believable as teenagers, even though none of them look like teenagers. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. For it's sure. that, they you know, classic problem. Yeah. Like they definitely look like they're like college age, I think, but I don't really mind. Yeah. The, performances are very well done and the dialogue is also very grounded you know which is cool it's not like riverdale <laughs> i don't know what you mean riverdale is wonderful <laughs> i mean it is but you know <laughs> so yeah th- those three seem to get i think the most development but we also have chris played by christopher Levieux. i don't know how you're supposed to say that uh and lisa who don't get hardly any development and there are times where I I think they forget Chris is even in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but how did you feel about the rest of the supporting characters of the younger audience or younger cast? I thought I thought all of them were very fun. Uh, I liked the I liked the other girl. Uh, I liked the blonde girl. Like I thought I thought she had some really fun lines of dialogue. Um, you know, uh, I like the. Is she pissing line? I thought that was really funny. You know? <laughs> um I like the uh I like the other girl who you know, she sits with them at that lunch table in the beginning, you know? Um, uh that yeah, that is uh that is Lisa. And you're right, I forgot about Steph played by Sarah Swire. Mm-hmm. Um she's outside of the main three that we talked about, Sarah is probably the most developed. And yeah. kudos to them for a little bit of representation without drawing attention to it. Yeah, no, I thought I thought that was pretty well done. Yeah, and she's uh she's got a good voice as well. Um she doesn't get yeah. to do much with it, but uh I think the only scene with her where I cringe a little bit is where I but I think it's supposed to be cringy cuz she's a, you know, like a teenager. There's where they're talking about whether or not French the French survo- survived and she's like French don't take no shit. I was like, why did oh. you say it like that? <laughs> oh, that's fair. That's fair. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah, I, I, I do, I do think though that 
you know, the a lot of the dialogue in this movie is pretty pretty funny, which is cool. Yeah, that's the other thing I think that helps this movie. Um, but also makes me wonder if that if some of that was why this didn't get noticed, because this is obviously very similar to Shaun of the Dead, uh, at least yeah. in tone. Um, but I think some of the dialogue is legitimately funny. Uh, I love in the cafeteria scene right before Hollywood ending, where they're talking about uh, how the assistant principal, which we got to talk about as, as well, because I have very mixed feelings on him. Uh, made Henry cry because he can't break dance, and Anna goes, Henry has a prosthetic. And then the girl replies, yeah, and he's only got one leg. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. So how do you feel about the principle by the time this movie ends? Do, do you think that is just what it needs to be for this type of movie? Um. Yeah, so Arthur Savage is the guy you're talking about? Yes. Yeah. Um. I, I don't know. I think it works for the movie for what it is, but I think it is one of those things that like once you kinda think about it and break it down, it's a bit kinda much. But I I, I do think he's fun. Um in the movie, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. His his big song uh at the end there is I love it. It's it's so goofy. And that yeah, actor's no, I, having I, a blast. I, I, I agree, yeah, and I don't know, I'm not familiar with this actor, there's a lot of, um, just a side note, there's a lot of, like, people in this cat, like, young people, but also just, like, people I just don't know, not, I'm not sure if that's because, um, you know, they're, they're doing other things over there that I don't know about, or because of whatever, but uh, all, all of them are pretty good, uh, and, and he he's really funny, he, he's really funny as the assistant principal. Well, if it helps, half of them don't have Wikipedia pages. Um, yeah, I think that's probably why. Mark, or no, Paul Kay, who played Arthur Savage, though, he has been in some stuff. It looks like the thing he's most well-known for that would be here in America is Game of Thrones. Yeah, oh, he was killed <laughs> by the zombie bear, right, in Game of Thrones? I think. I guess. I never made I'm it that sure. far. Um, I see. Oh, I... Apologies if I spoiled anything. Uh, I I don't care about Game of Thrones. I quit because I got <laughs> bored. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not my thing. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's see. Um, they also have some fun with the editing, uh, specifically in the scene where Chris uh, Lisa is worried, uh, or Lisa's grandma is worried about, God damn it, uh, Chris's gr- grandmother is worried about him, and Lisa says that he's seen every horror movie like ever made. Yeah. And then it immediately cuts to him jumping on Anna without checking to see if she's been bitten first. <laughs> no, that's funny. Because Chris is kind of like a puppy in this movie. Like, he's not very smart. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, The song that's in the bowling alley, Human Voice, is probably my least favorite of the folding songs. But I think oh, yeah. the biggest thing that I when because I mentioned earlier that I think there's at least one song you cut here. That penguin penguin rap, I think you could have cut that from the movie and not missed a thing. Maybe not. I I'm not sure. Cause um Yeah, I mean maybe. Cause cause my, my thing with that scene was I thought it was like I thought it was funny, but I, I also thought that like it was good to communicate that, like, yeah, like, this is, like, a cringy, um, you know, 
like talent show production kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought I thought I thought it made sense for that, but yeah, I, I I can see what you mean. We already have another musical number in that moment, right? That yeah, because right after that we jump into Lisa's song, which is the very suggestive song about Santa. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that one is the much funnier of the two songs. Right. Do you think maybe they could have just like shortened the penguin rap so it could have been like more like towards edging towards the end? of the rap so that we we understood like why it was kind of like embarrassing without like having the whole thing maybe i mean it is very short admittedly i don't know yeah. i just maybe that's maybe that's a taste thing um maybe i've never been very big on the cringe humor i like cringe humor a bit yeah <laughs> um and so i don't know if you know this as well but there is a novelization of this movie which i read eons ago Right, right, right. Um, and there's the scene where the principal's starting to lose his mind, and that woman's like, "If you really want to, just stay here." Mm-hmm. Uh, the book explains that is actually John's mom, oh. and uh, it goes more into detail of him letting the zombies in, and like John finding, uh, and Anna finding her corpse. Uh, I see. It, it's a little bit darker. The novelization's surprisingly good. Um, they have like references to the song because obviously you can't just do a musical in book form. Right, right, right. Um, I also love at the end. I don't, I don't know if you noticed this, but uh, when Steph is going through trying to find her keys, somebody snuck a dildo into school. Oh, <laughs> that's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. How did you feel about the ending? I like the ending quite a bit. Um. Getting back to Anna, her entire character arc is that she wants to get out of uh, out of Scotland. Yeah. Um, and obviously, this movie is very much about her having to forcibly cut ties mm-hmm. with everything that may be holding her back. Um, much like Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Where well, and with like Shaun of the Dead, it was more of he like wasn't that. progressing as forward as he needed to. Yeah. Whereas this one, I think it's. If this had never happened, I don't think she would have been able to fully leave. You That's know? a good way of putting it. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess at that point, the zombie apocalypse can be kind of seen as like a metaphor for just growing up in general and feeling uncomfortable or in an uncomfortable place like that. You know, like like if you're feeling uncomfortable, that probably means that you're growing for the better. You know, mm-hmm. um, and I think the zombie apocalypse could be like a metaphor for that or something. That's how I've always read it. Is it's very much a metaphor for you can't escape growing up. You can't escape change that happens as you grow up. Um, right. And I think that if Anna, if the zombie apocalypse had never happened, something would have held Anna back. Yeah. But on uh, the flip side, the cost of growing up can sometimes be painful. Yes, and, you know, leave behind things that, you know, and there's a mourning period after the fact, you know. Yeah. I also think it's it's interesting because I've always thought, uh, I like the song Hollywood ending quite a bit. I also think that kind of predicts the ending because I guarantee you if this was like a big blockbuster, you know, Hollywood film, it would not end like that. Yeah. I, I thought about that, how how this is a um, 
like United Kingdom kind of production over there and, and like an independent film too. And I, you know, thought about how like over here in America, you know, if this is like a big budget thing, it probably wouldn't be, you know, it'd probably be a bit more optimistic, you know. I've always said that if, if this was an American like big blockbuster film, the ending would be John survives and they end up together. That's the like Hollywood ending dream come true kind of thing right yeah that's the big thing that i think would uh <laughs> be implemented in an americanized kind of version of this kind of story because all the pieces are in place for that to happen but they take the um the more mature route and the more believable and and realistic route you know where she she says no and heels and they have like a mature kind of understanding about that you know mm-hmm. yeah. that's the like other that situ- thing I... oh sorry oh, yeah, oh, i was just gonna say that situation is totally like realistic you know but but just um you know um but it, but it's what happens like it's it's how they deal with that in movies that isn't like re- realistic you know what i mean so it's cool that they were able to follow up on having those pieces in place and, and actually have like the mature understanding like that I, I didn't mean to cut you off oh you're good that yeah. scene with the conversation is another place where i appreciate having this in there in a prose form as well sure. because it really gets into john's head and you kind of get to read the pain that he feels um oh cool and maybe it's a bit, a little bit of a sap in me, but I, I, I do believe he truly is in love with her, sure, and that's yeah. what the sacrifice is supposed to show. And it's nice to be able to read those feelings, and because that's the one downside to a movie like this is you can never get fully into the character's head other than what the actors are portraying. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's understandable. Well, we're not going to go on too much longer. We've talked quite a bit about this. I've. I think this has been quite a good discussion. However, I did want to ask best and worst song for you. Hmm. Best is Hollywood. Um, and worst, worst we're going to say is the penguin rap, but that's only because it's really short and because it's not very consequential to the story. Um, but overall. So I'll, I'll, I'll go with that. Uh, what, what about you? I'm going to go with soldier at war um nick's song i love i I like the the melody a little bit the only quest choice i question in is that is when he tries to go real high pitched i don't think it fits with the tone of what they're going for for that but you know um and then i'm also going to go penguin rap i know it's just a small like 40 second clip but it was big enough it made it to the soundtrack i don't know if you know this but the soundtrack is on spotify and a fucking song is on there (laughs) <laughs> that's fun that's pretty funny do you make like a separate playlist that doesn't have that song mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. funny uh yeah I've, I've listened to this soundtrack more times than i can count i i adore Ooh. it that's awesome. um this is my favorite christmas movie hands down that's um, awesome. i i've been struggling with what to give this because i'm going to be honest on letterbox i gave this a five stars I don't necessarily agree with myself, but it's one of those movies where any issues I have, I don't care. Um, but it, for the sake of being critical, because I don't think this is a perfect movie, I'm going to go with a four out of five. I'll go with a four out of five as well. Um, if you are interested in musicals, comedies, zombie movies, or coming of age stories, 
I cannot recognize, recommend this movie enough. Um, more people need to see this because it only made $600,000 at the box office. Oh my god, that's crazy. <laughs> uh, to be fair, though, I think it only... It looks like it may have only come out in England in theaters, and then it just came out on Blu-ray here. That's um, probably why. There is a longer cut called the Festival Cut. I believe it is only on Blu-ray, so at some point I do want to try to get that and watch it. Sure, yeah. Well, Doolittle, um, thanks for hanging out and talking this movie for me with me. Anything else we should cover? About this film? Um, not really. We could have like talked about the dad a little bit in the movie, but like probably not too much in depth. I mean, he's, so, he's pretty good. I guess that is one thing I do want to mention because he is part of the... I'm glad you mentioned that because I forgot even though I wrote it down. Uh, he is very much part of Anne's character arc and that is a... He is a very classic case of setup and payoff because at the yeah. beginning of the movie he's mad because Anna doesn't want to go to university. She wants to go travel to Australia. Why Australia of all places? I don't fucking know, but whatever. It's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he says, you know, if your mom could only see you now... And he kind of, you know, he says it out of anger and the slips. But at the end of the movie, he is bitten trying to stop Savage after he goes full insane. Yeah. Uh, and he says it again, but in this time because he's proud of Anna and he realizes, you know, she is an adult. And, uh, and she's going to have to face this world without him sooner or later. Sooner now. Sure, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's pretty good. Oh, I do want to ask, who's your favorite singer in this movie? Uh, I'm not sure. I feel like... Mm, I don't know. I, I think I think the blonde-haired girl is pretty good. Okay. I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought she did a very good job. I'm going to go also, with Ella Hunt. Uh, okay. Oh, sorry. What, were you, what was your other one? Oh, I was just gonna say. Also, John's pretty good, and and Ella Hunt, like you said, is also really good. That final song she has, her voice is so haunting in that. Yeah, um, it's so good. Yeah. But anyway, uh, that is all the time we have for today. And I don't want to toot our own horns, do little, but I think this might be the best episode we've recorded in uh, together. Hey, awesome! But uh, thank you guys for watching. We'll be back soon with more Christmas horror. I believe we're doing Gremlins and Black Christmas next week. Oh, yeah, I'm excited for that. Have a good night, everybody.